Today, the one and only Steve-O, Susan dragged him into the studio, so we're going to talk to Steve-O in a few minutes. Uh, you can't see him yet. He's already posing down for you guys, but <laughs> but he'll be in here just moments. We're also out on the Twitter spaces. We may have a chance to take a few calls today. He has a new special that you must go out and see now at steveo.com, steveo.com. Uh, whoops, there's somebody else's book. There it is, The Bucket List, which uh, I have seen uh, some of so far, and I have, well, I'm going to talk to him in a few minutes about how difficult it is for me to watch his stuff, but let's get to it. Our laws, as it pertains to substances, are draconian and bizarre. The psychopaths start this way. He was an alcoholic because of social media and pornography, PTSD, love addiction, fentanyl and heroin, ridiculous I'm a, I'm a doctor for <laughs> sake. Where the hell you think I learned that? I'm just saying, you go to treatment before you kill people. I am a clinician. I observe things about these chemicals. Let's just deal with what's real. We used to get these calls on Loveline all the time. Educate adolescents and to prevent and to treat. If you have trouble, you can't stop and you want to help stop it. I can help. I got a lot to say. I got a lot more to say. I think everyone knows the next medical crisis could be just around the corner, whether it comes in the form of another pandemic or something much more routine like a tick bite. You and your family need to be prepared. That's where the wellness company comes in. You know the wellness company. We have their physicians on like Dr. McCullough frequently. The wellness company and their doctors are medical professionals you can trust. And their new medical emergency kits are the gold standard when it comes to keeping you safe and healthy. It's really, it's a safety net. It's an insurance policy yeah, absolutely. that you hope you're not going to need. But if you need it, you sure as heck are going to wish you had it if you need it. Be ready for anything. This medical emergency kit contains an assortment of life-saving medications, including ivermectin, z pack the medical emergency kit provides a guidebook to aid in the safe use of all these life-saving medications. From anthrax to tick bites to COVID-19, the wellness company's medical emergency kit is exactly what you need to have on hand to be prepared. Rest assured, knowing that you have emergency antibiotics, antivirals, and antiparasitics on hand to help you and your family stay safe from whatever life throws at you next. Go to drdrew.com slash TWC. That is drdrew.com forward slash TWC to get 10% off today. Just click on that link. There you go. Speaking of cattle, it's Steve-O in the house. Welcome, <laughs> my friend. Uh, of course, Jackass, everyone knows. Uh, several of you guys have uh, sort of ascended beyond the Jackass world uh, to your own brand. Uh, you, We Man, Knoxville, maybe Bam. For sure, uh, definitely got a brand. Yeah, and okay. Uh, I, I worry like crazy about that. I worry about I worry about him differently than I worry about you. Uh, Bam's in the news today mm. for um, having received a, a congratulatory video from Mark Wahlberg on um, achieving more than a hundred days of sobriety. Oh, good. That's great. Yeah, that's a long. Man, is he? I don't. We don't need to know, but I'm. I'm guessing he has to kind of be in a structured. The environment I, I i've lost touch with them so I, he'll come I, I back really he will come back his... around i'm going to predict that all right good. yeah he'll come back around well, i mean where everybody's rooting for him all the time so oh, he was so dangerous but then so were you i i saw i was, were you on corolla's show recently or something Did i see I you, was. you revisited the famous yeah. uh, night with the uh with the glass table, yeah, the, table the talk show appearance that keeps on giving yes <laughs> it's it's so well let me give the short strokes i was they called me to come 
essentially babysit Steve. Well, you were there for the the return. You weren't there when I actually did the. I think table. I was there. You may have been too oh, blocked okay, out. Okay, yeah, maybe. I, they they sort of like we were worried to get here. I, I think they had me do something else too, but but they really wanted me when you came back. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's when they were like, you got to watch this. Um, and so Steve went, and he was mostly drunk. I think, weren't you? Yeah, and and it wasn't even like a an, an upsetting thing. Like I, I actually very deliberately planned to bring a breath and attempt to see how high of a score I could blow. Mm. So it was, it was very deliberate. I lined up all my shots. I drank on very much on purpose. How'd you do? Uh, I think that I effectively broke the breathalyzer yeah. by blowing into it. Mm -hmm. and, uh, because you can't remember what the result was. Well, is that what I think, but like while I could still remember, yeah, it uh, wouldn't function. Oh, that's interesting. And so you got in there, and Adam was sort of—I forget what the topic was even was. I was just in a complete blackout. Yeah. Just screaming and yelling, and there was a glass coffee table that I kicked my leg. Well, through. he just all of a sudden started. Had you had you tackled Adam before that? Because there was uh, a point at which you tackled him and knocked his chair over, his host chair, <laughs> and then I think you came back and just started banging yeah. on the table with the back of your heel until yeah. it broke. Yeah, and uh, and Adam was laughing kind of and like trying yeah. to control things. <laughs> but here's the comedy. The comedy is. The the producers was started swirling around Adam like, oh my God, what are we gonna do? We can't air this. What are you gonna do? And Adam goes, what the f are you talking about? This is the only thing people are gonna remember about this show, <laughs> and it's the only thing we remember about now. I, and we don't mean that night. We mean the entire run of the Adam Carolla show. The only thing that gets ever brought up is Steve O's night on that show. So there you go. Yeah. And also that night though. Um, I talked to you backstage and I had a really, well, maybe it was the next time. I think, yeah. I, <clears throat> I think I, I, was I, it the next time? I remember coming back. You came yeah. back, but I thought, I felt like when you came back, they had you held in a room. Yeah. Okay. So this wasn't that time. This was, this was backstage. We were talking uh -huh. and uh, I was like, dude, come on, man. I'm, I'm worried. You know, we got to think right. about, you know, whatever. And it's Steve-O turned to me and he goes, and he'd said something like this to me before, but for some reason that particular evening stays with me. He goes, he goes, stop it. <laughs> stop it. I will, I understand. I'll have to do something one day. And when I'm ready and I do so, I will do it 100%. There will be no half measures. I will go all the way. But in the meantime, shut the F up. Sort of what he said. <laughs> and, uh, and I was like, yeah, yeah, sure. I've heard, you know, heard these things before. All right. Okay. All right. Okay. Can't, you can't force people into recovery. So, and maybe you want to tell your story from there. Yeah. I mean, I, I remember it well. I, I, I remember you reaching out about the first season of Celebrity Rehab. Yeah, but understand that was, that was one of my... Everyone has bottoms. That was one. Of, that was one of my bottoms. And, and, and I'm, not, was, I, I'm not mad at you about no, it. No, but I'm. But I'm. I, they held a gun to my head to do that, and I was like, I don't know if you could tell. I was like, wow. and I was like, oh, that's. I think you got to be kidding. Thank God you said no. That's sort of how I felt. Uh, at the time when you reached out about about celebrity rehab, yeah. I I remember being quite proud of myself for saying, uh, Dr. Drew, um, I have too much respect for the recovery process to make a mockery of it on television. Yes. <laughs> and uh, I, I stand by that position. I think the show was highly exploitative. Oh, I, I didn't think, know that you felt that way. So uh, let's I talk mean, about it. I, I, it. It was. I mean, like, how do you even have a... Uh, 
like a, a legal contract with people who are in the condition that they're so, in when so, they sign up. So that's a really important point, right? How does anybody consent to treatment when they're using drugs? Right. Anybody. Exactly. So, so there's a lot of case law around that. And the way we dealt with that was, A, people couldn't be really loaded when, they were dis when it was discussed. They had to have their attorneys, their family, their representation, everybody sign off and agree. Right. That this. And the other thing about it, nobody, my feeling has always been, if, if, if something is exploitative, don't you think the person who's being exploited would have felt exploited or would say something about it? Um, I, I mean, I'm not necessarily even, um, speaking for the, the people I'm just saying that the, in a, in a big picture sense, mm. meaningful recovery mm. and entertaining television are very much mutually exclusive concepts. I understand what you're saying. For you to make yeah. an entertaining TV show. Like you it, have to have people who are not in the program. Right. It cannot be about meaningful recovery. Otherwise, you've got the most boring program <laughs> you could possibly it, put it, on Except I, the only pushback I would, I, I know what you're saying. The pushback I would give you is nothing unusual happened in treatment. I mean, in treatment, you spend enough time around treatment programs that shit goes down sure. all the time. Uh, and they didn't, none of that felt unusual to me. And we had, you know, I mean... I think people understand now the opiate situation was so fucked up that people that died either died of something not related to addiction or doctors gave them opiates again and they killed them. And it breaks my heart. I, I choke on that when I say that because that happened all the time at that point. So yeah. Jeff, Mike, killed by my peers, straight out. Straight wow. Out. Um, I uh, feel, you know, how I feel about it, no big deal. There was, there was a lot of meltdowns and particularly the, the sober house show was, Oh yeah, was that was, worse. yeah, that was, yeah, that was way worse. But yeah. you notice I was distancing myself from that. Sure. <laughs> and, and, and to be fair, these shows were going to happen anyway, your involvement, they, they didn't happen because of you. No, that's true. They, and, they came to me with yeah, the ideas. They were going to happen anyway. And you were there to, make like a, a patently bad situation as <laughs> so, as least bad as it can well, be so let me i don't know if you know this part of the story so 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 they came to me with this and i was like well that's an interesting idea i sure would like to show people how this works it's not going to happen there's no way but they were like pitch let's go let's go let's come on let's go all right we'll walk around we'll talk to people about it and no, 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 no. And, and they were like, we'll, we'll take it to your hospital. We'll do it in, at Los Encinas. I was like, no, you will not. There's no way. Let us talk to the hospital. Laughed out of the room. Like, you got to be kidding. And, uh, but they were pitching the whole time. And then VH1 shows interest. I went into hiding. I was like, oh, shit. Uh, I did not expect anybody to actually want to do this. Although I, I liked the idea of pulling the curtain back and really showing people what treatment is. And after about two months of hiding, Bob came into my office and uh, he, he, he's, he, no one put him up to this. He came in and he said, you know, I am so sick of us treating, we treated a lot of celebrities then, nobody knew about it, but, but they would always, TMZ and these outlets would always be making fun of them and saying they were on some kind of spa vacation and they were just making excuses for their behavior and all that shit that goes on. And he goes, he goes I am so tired of these people being treated like this. When we have them here, they're working hard, they're sick, they're getting better. 
we should do a TV show where we show this. And I was like, what? I was like, wow. And I said, uh, are you, are you, you really think that's what we should do? I said, and he was, oh, absolutely. I said, well, funny thing, somebody's going to, so I, I, I said, mom, I will go forward. Um, but I have lots of concerns and yeah. we did. That's what we did. I mean, you upheld your Hippocratic oath. Mm. That is my position. Well, you, you, you were there to do no harm. Um, but you were in a harmful situation. Potentially, potentially, that's for sure. Yeah, and I think that all of the making fun of celebrities for you know checking into rehab is a PR move. I mean, that, that's a real thing. Celebrities check into rehab is a PR move all the time. The, I, I don't know that it's, is it, do you see that? Do you actually, because I see oh, them, I see them. Yeah, 100%, 100%. So, yeah, because our guys getting, the, get in trouble. the guys we were treating were not were just sick and, and were being treated like the rest. And I think that's what Bob was talking to. And and I do think I think people go to treatment. It's, it's weird. I mean, you never even know what they're talking about when they say rehab now, right? Rehab just go is this general category for seeing a therapist. Well, you know? I, I mean, I think that that um you hear about people going into rehab for mental health correct, reasons. Correct, correct. And that's just, to me, I always read that as they don't want to admit that uh, that they're on drugs. Well, they're, it's one of two things. They're either sufficiently drug addict to meet criteria for admission. You have to meet criteria to right. rehab. So, so they are saying, if you went to a <laughs> drug rehabilitation program, you are saying you are a drug addict. You have to meet those criteria. Or... You were admitted to a psychiatric hospital. Right. And people will never use that term, which drives me insane. Why do we treat psychiatric hospitals different than any other kind of hospital? Didn't the um, the the lady from the Vanderpump show? Lisa Red, Vanderpump? Uh, no, no, Red, Rachel Levis. Okay. She, she went to like purely psychiatric thing after that whole. Uh, Tom Sandoval yeah, thing? The, the, the Scandoval. Yeah. It was called I mean, Scandal, yeah. But there's so much to to talk about. We don't need to right. dredge up the past. Oh, right, but I um, thought that was an interesting conversation. Yeah, yeah. and uh, I, I, to the extent that I can throw in my two cents uh, to clear your name, you know, because <laughs> I know that, like, even like Robin Quivers. Oh, yeah. Like, well, that's uh, a different thing. It's she, a different problem. She, she, she was mad at you for celebrity rehab. No, no, she really wasn't. Okay. She was mad at me because my my research partner and writing partner. Howard called him in to give the narcissism inventory to him and the staff. And Robin's score was the highest we'd ever seen. Oh, wow. And we presented it to her on the air. And Howard thought it was the funniest thing he'd ever heard. He thought it was the greatest thing ever. That didn't make her mad. She just was kind of pushing back on it, and they made fun of it and the usual thing. What she got mad about, and this is my, this is my fault, she got mad about, we then wrote about it in our book. Uh. We wrote a book about narcissism and celebrity, and we just reported who got the highest score, who got the lowest score. Objectively. Just who got the, <laughs> with the highest score. And, and because it happened publicly, we didn't think we needed to get consent from her. But if we'd thought about it, I think we would have done it. We just didn't even think about it because it was like, oh, this happened on the air. And right. she became furious that we printed that. That's wow, where she took this. Okay. And so I don't blame her. I, I would be, I get it. She wants, she'd right. like people to think of her before you publish something like that. So I, I get it. So anyway, you're, you're, well, you were going down some road here with Howard uh, and Robin. No, I mean, not necessarily. I have you, have you been in there lately? to talk um, to I, You know, I haven't. 
And it, it, it breaks my heart. It, it breaks my heart that um, that my my relationship with the Howard Stern show. I mean, sure, I've been been on the the wrap up show. Yes, long, but it's been just so long since I spoke to Howard. And that's just the nature of the of the show these days. They only do it three days a week. You've got to be Mark Wahlberg to to go in there. I, I mean, I'm not even sure Mark Wahlberg gets in. You've got to be like a rock star of his of the '70s. You have to be Paul Paul uh, McCartney. Right. And so, I, like you know, I, I I'm I'm not mad at anybody about no. it, but it but it, it just breaks my heart because I had so many uh, just crazy experiences. There's so much history. Yeah, and um, you know, like you want to, you want to um, to matter, and, and I just feel like I don't matter enough to go on there anymore, and so that makes me sad. You do matter enough to go That's on there, just Howard. Yeah, the, something the, happened to him. The, <laughs> I mean, it's just very selective. I think that my take on it is that once Howard went on America's Got Talent, he became sort of. Uh, I don't want to say this disparagingly, but mainstream, sanitized. Mainstream yeah, figure. Man, mainstream, mainstream figure. A mainstream figure. And, uh, and, and, and in that uh, becoming mainstream, he uh, kind of changed his deal. He, he, he still did lots of crazy shit. Sure. But he stopped. He wanted to interview like a bigger stars. And so he stopped asking everybody about who they're sleeping with and how much money they make. That's true. <laughs> and, and you remember that you're right. That's what got him the, the bigger people. But you remember that, that he, um, remember that, that, that tape that linked that leaked where he uh, yeah, was. Well, yeah. 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 The, the conference with his own yeah, staff. Yeah. Yeah. But, but really what he was saying was I want bigger guests. That's yeah. what he was saying. That's the bottom line. He was just asking guys sure. to give it. I didn't, I didn't see any problem with it, by the way. He's, That's what he wants. Ambitious but, guy. Yeah. And uh and lo and behold he can get it, right? I mean, he he has done so. Yeah. I mean I, I, I worship Howard. I, I revere I, I, him. So and that's the, just why I'm sad. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I have the similar kinds of feelings. Yeah. Uh <laughs> and yet I sort of feel like it would be odd if I went in there now. Like I don't belong in there. Right I mean, now. I like yeah. gotta believe the 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 feeling that the ship has sailed is with me too. <laughs> but 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 it, it's if it, it's not about your career. It's a, and it's it's just about the who they're interviewing now, sort of the change of vibe uh, there. Well, no, he wants bigger guests. <laughs> so. I guess yeah. who, did, who did he have in there the other day? And I was listening to it. And I thought, well, this is kind of interesting. But but I I'm most interested now when he's talking to the whack pack. Right. That's still what I'm sure. most interested. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I don't think they they should lean into that. I I don't care about um, right rock ballad ballad writers from the seventies. <laughs> in fact, in fact, if you really look at the um, the lyrics of that era, oh my god abuse of children sexual abuse of children <laughs> misogyny yeah glorifying substance addiction sure. of all types and, and nobody pushes back on led zeppelin or the eagles or people that were just doing i mean it was all about driving into town in a van and meeting a 14 year old who's barefoot right. and kicking her out in the morning because i'm a rambling man what are you gonna do <laughs> it's like yeah. are you are you kidding me it's right so okay so yeah. um let's so uh looking back on on the pandemic yeah. i noticed that that the the clip which 
We, other, everybody the didn't, the everybody didn't get to see that, but we were talking to Harvey Reich. It, it, it's, oh, it, but, gotcha. but, but it's all right. It's all right. Harvey Reich is a, who's a famous Yale epidemiologist, brilliant dude, and he was talking about mask wearing. In this yeah, he was thing. talking about mask wearing. He said that, um, that scientifically, the, trying to prevent the spread of the coronavirus by wearing a mask is like putting up a chain link fence to keep mosquitoes out. Right, that's right. And, and that uh, is a very powerful, um, a very powerful visual. Mm -hmm. But what killed it for me on the mask thing mm -hmm. was a single tweet that I saw, which said, farts go through boxer shorts and jeans. <laughs> <laughs> you need to publish a book of philosophy. <laughs> I think that's what your next move I is. I mean, that just ended it for me. As soon as I read that, that, that farts go through boxer shorts and jeans. Yeah. Well, you know what's absolutely fascinating? So, so listen to this. This is something we've not gotten into yet on any of these streams. But I'm going to be interviewing a woman who is a British, not even British, I think she might, Oh, yeah, she's a British pathologist. And she, early on through the flag, the BS flag on what was going on, and started studying things. Like, What's going on here? Why are we so crazy? You can't, you can't prevent transmission. You can prevent droplet transmission, but, but, but um, the, respiratory. these respiratory viruses are spread by aerosols, which go 30 feet, 60 feet, and hang in the air. The masks do nothing for that, or almost nothing. And um, she discovered that in the early days of the germ theory, there was a politicization. They politicized that, and the the politics aired on the side of this old notion that smells carried infections. They call it the miasma or something. It would make sense that they do, it, right? It intuitively makes sense. And so when they finally got the germ theory in place, fluids, droplets, contact, transmission. They completely vilified anyone who came up with any notion of aerosol transmission because it was the old smell transmission theory. And that stayed around for 100 years. And that bias was in the system when we created these crazy ideas. I mean, yeah, it's just such, it's just such a tragedy how devastating it was to... Mm. I mean, like the 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 effects of the pandemic are are gonna. I mean, it's just it's never gonna go away. Like the way I, I I'm very very bearish on Ooh. on the world. Oh, tell <laughs> me know, more, like, dude. This is an interesting talk you guys don't even have. Um, I, That's I, not like you at all. Well, I'm I'm just saying like that. Um, the uh, like we live in an era, an age of mega threats. You know, yes, there's a guy who wrote true. this book about mega threats. That's true. With the the climate change mm. is a mega threat. Mm. The debt is is probably the biggest thing. You know, the the disparity of wealth. Yeah. Um the 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 fundamental argument um you know with with respect to debt that Peter Schiff makes, you know, that like the, the sovereign debt, national debt. Yeah. Yeah. I mean all kinds of debt really. Yeah, yeah. But uh it's not sustainable. It's uh, it's it's a house of cards. Mm -hmm. It's uh, you know, effectively a Ponzi scheme, mm. and 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 it's all just going to collapse. And 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 what drives that that kind of fundamental reality that it's all going to collapse is the printing of money. 
And okay. it was the pandemic that inspired more printing of money than anything in history. Really. Oh my god! Yeah. Like, 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 there's crazy statistics. Yeah. Like, of of money in circulation right now. Like, I don't know if uh, if if the majority of it was printed in the pandemic or since the pandemic but a like, significant portion yeah you know yeah. what do you guys have uh somebody who googles in, in real time caleb can we get some percentage yeah, of what percentage of of money in in circulation was printed during the pandemic yeah it's it's yeah. it's staggering it's, it's yeah. utterly staggering it, and and yet there are people that feel like well the problem is just money so just give people money and they just don't there's yeah. there's a do you know the story of oh shit i'm not gonna remember his name most masa muso i think his name is i don't, I don't know that masa, masa muso was the richest man in history he was a malian king in central africa he's a king of mali and he had so much gold and precious everything that he went on an international tour of mostly europe he wanted to see what was going on in europe and wherever he went he just spread gold. He just, just handed out gold to everybody. And he had crashed the economy of every town and country he visited. Wow. He had to go back, retrace his steps, and buy back the gold to stabilize the economies. Isn't that crazy? That, that, that's amazing. Yeah, it's a perfect for your example of how, how yeah. dangerous that is. I mean, I mean when, when you increase the, the money supply, yeah. You devalue the money when you when you take on debt. You there, there's only two ways to address the debt. You either default or you, you inflate. In, inflate. Yeah. So either way, like we're going the way of Argentina, right? I hope not. I mean, You're saying it with a big smile on your face, like, man, here we go. I'm just I'm saying, like, how do we not? You know, and and mm. that like it it all factors in to my decision to get a vasectomy. Okay, <laughs> it, it does. It does. So, um, did you have you had one it yeah, yet? Or that, you had it? I, I, it's part it, of the part of the bucket it's list. It's in the bucket list. <laughs> so, so we got to talk about the bucket list. We got to take a break in a second. We'll talk all about that. But, but because um, this this I, there's a lot of stuff I still want to talk to you about, and, I, and I'm glad we're having such an yeah. It's been, it's been too long. Yeah, it's, I know. Uh, we have I, a lot I, I love about. you dearly. Yeah, I love and, you too. And and I and I and I freak the hell out when you do these things. It really like. Yeah, I, I, he he brings it up in the bucket list. One of his stunts is he had a guy. I said, "Where did he this this doctor, this anesthesiologist, do this in, in like in Argentina, in Mexico, or something?" <laughs> did you go down there? But he did a a spinal tap on Steve while he was standing up and injected a spinal anesthesia, and at which point he pulled out all the the material, and Steve O went on a run. Yeah. To see how far I could make and it. Make it too far. I, I he he brings me up as somebody he contacted to review the wisdom of this uh, stunt. You can imagine I was like, <laughs> I remember <laughs> you saying, "Wow, do I hate that idea." <laughs> I hate it. I hate it. it it's going to make me give me agita until you get to survive it. But I, I, if I did bring up, I'm glad I did, was that you can get ascending paralysis and stop breathing from these spinal taps. Yeah. And uh, that's why you have to be in a hospital when we do this stuff. But no, no, Steve uh, does it out in the field 
<laughs> and gets in a sending paralysis. Like, not, not, like actually in a field. <laughs> Literally in a field <laughs> where he went running. Were you barefoot even? Uh, yeah, I was wearing so, nothing but a thong. And so just to <laughs> add to the uh, hilarity, they start hitting him with tasers and, and uh, paintball guns. Yeah, but I mean, if you're going to uh, be paralyzed. Why not wake up with pain? Well, you got to figure out if it worked. <laughs> you fall... Don't laugh at him. She's like, she's like, this yeah. is the problem. Women laugh at this shit. And you're like, yeah. It's a nervous laugh. What's it's the a next nervous thing laugh. I'm going to do? It's all good. Uh, Turn to your camera. No, you, oh, there you are. There's Susan. Um, all right. So we'll take a little break here. We got still lots and lots to talk about. Uh, I'm just getting on to the, the Rumble Rants and the Restream. I had to, I'm having trouble with my computer here. We are watching you over on Twitter Spaces. We might take a couple calls there, perhaps. Uh, there's somebody named Steve. Steve there. He's not Steve O, though. Hmm. Oh, that's not Steve at all. All right, let's take a little break. We're here with Steve O. We'll be right back after this. If you're trying to figure out the right present for someone, you will not go wrong with gifting the most comfortable sheets, clothing, and accessories that your friends and family have ever felt. Of course, I'm talking about Cozy Earth. Cozy Earth has the softest and most comfortable sheets, blankets, towels, PJs, joggers, and more guaranteed. Susan and I love them. In fact, we still have cozy earth sheets on our bed. I slept in them last night. I was thinking about how great they were. And look at this. I'm wearing one of their super comfortable t-shirts right now. I don't get, I just can't get enough of cozy earth. Their sheets are durable, machine washable, and come with a 10-year warranty against defects. So no surprise that cozy earth's brand has been featured on Oprah's favorite things for five years in a row. Whether it's their luxury pajamas, super soft bedding, loungewear, or plush bath towels, you will love shopping and gift giving at Cozy Earth. Here's my gift to you this holiday season. Go to CozyEarth.com, enter code DREW to save 40%. That's CozyEarth.com with code DREW. CozyEarth.com, code DREW, save 40%. Thanksgiving is almost here, which means it's time for the best Genucel sale of the year. Just in time for the holidays, save over 60% off both of our personally tailored Genucel skincare packages at genucel.com slash drew so you can look your very best at all of your Thanksgiving gatherings. Look 10, 15, 20 years younger, guaranteed with the best natural skincare anywhere. Take advantage of Genucel's best sale of the year and say goodbye to fine lines, crow's feet, puffiness, and dark spots. The Genucel experience is like no other, but don't take my word for it. You will look and feel your absolute best or your money back, no questions asked. So for results in 12 hours or less, Genucel's immediate effects is included for free. Plus, if you go to genucel.com drew now, you'll get a free upgrade to priority shipping. That is genucel.com drew, G-E-N-U-C-E-L.com drew. microphone there we go susan ask that question again where did that come from restream <laughs> yeah so over on twitch you said when was the last time oh, you can't hear you damn it great sound person here uh when was the last time steve-o watched pcp saved my life um i should color this in um pcp saved my life was a bonus video <laughs> which came along with my too hot for TV DVD. Oh yeah, uh, Steve-O out on bail. <laughs> the Don't try this at home video, Volume Three. Um, and I, I just I got really really uh, messed up on PCP at one point and um, made this horrific video. 
and vowed to never watch it, but ended up watching it anyway. I think I watched it only one time. Had you been sober for a while? No. No. No, no, no. This was, um, uh, it came out in 2003. I'm guessing the one time I broke down and watched it was in 2004 and never since. So tell them briefly, if you don't mind, your story, your road to sobriety. Okay. So, after, so you left Corolla's show. We had that conversation. That was 2005. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm not going to say things were still working. <laughs> but um, You thought they were. Yeah. I mean, uh, 2005, um, I, I, I certainly wasn't ready. It, it, um, 2006 was when the second Jackass movie came out. Mm. I rolled up to the premiere with you, Ron Jeremy. My dad, my four-year-old niece, and my sister in what, the car. Was, was my Catherine with us there, too? I don't think so. I no. went to that one. I remember. Yeah, she was there. You're, yeah, and, I was there. Um, too. I, I think that's when I met you the first time. <laughs> I believe it. I, I, I got out of the limo, pulled out my wiener, and peed all over the red carpet. I remember that. I was, I was uh, yeah, it, it, that, that was kind of a, the, the beginning of the, of the end. 2007 was an absolute disaster. 2008, um, I was actively broadcasting my downward spiral in real time yeah. uh, with, with the, the use of MySpace, YouTube, and an email list of roughly 200 people, which you were on. Rad email. The rad email list. It had Baba Booey. It had Dr. Drew, Lars Ulrich from, I mean, like every, like, powerful influential person who had the misfortune of uh me getting their contact info was on it and, and uh yeah and it just got to a point where and, and um, we all started talking we were all like oh, shit what are we gonna do here how do we deal with this what's going on yeah. and uh it was when you mentioned the motorcycle i think right i said that i mean i in, in one spectacular week i was uh arrested for both vandalism and felony cocaine possession. I was evicted. Uh, you know, hey, good times. I had, a, <laughs> so. I had an eviction notice on my door of the get the hell out of here within three days variety. Oof. And I burned up, uh, I burned up one of those days in jail, the other day on a 24 hour bender <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and the final day, I, uh, I, I swore to get footage. I said, Knoxville, bring a hot tub for me to jump out the window or at least bring cardboard boxes. But if you don't come, I'm jumping anyway and I'll find out how many bones break when I splat on the concrete. And, and he, he's not talking about jumping out a second story window. It was a second story. Was yeah. it? Okay. It, was, it would have been a 25 foot fall. And, and, and there was a point you were going to drive the motorcycle. That, that was, yeah. That, that was my idea for the living room. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's a, a limit. So, so I said, uh, you know, show up or I'm going to jump anyway. I'm ready to die. And that qualified me for California's 5150 law. That was when Knoxville called me right there. And, and you uh, said he qualifies for 5150, which means that he can be locked up involuntarily in the psychiatric ward for 72 hours. I don't care if you have to tie him up, beat him up, lock him in the trunk of a car, but get him to the hospital. I, I, I said, I said you're, you're almost 100% right. I said, uh, <laughs> you have tied him up and beat him up many times. <laughs> and I want you to do that again and get him to the hospital. because This is not... 
something you've never done with Steve, so let's do it now and save his life. And, right. and Knoxville is like done and done. So Knoxville responded to my email to the 200 people. I think he responded to all 200 people too. Where I demanded that he come with the hot tub and or the, or the cardboard boxes. And, and he wrote, uh, what's with the early call times? Sheesh, can, can we make it noon? <laughs> because I think I had said 10 a.m. And uh, he said, oh can, you, can we make it noon? And uh, the reason why he wanted to push the time to noon uh, was to to get organized with eight people to to show up for the intervention. But yeah, I scheduled my own intervention. Without knowing it. <laughs> yeah. I'm, and I've been clean and sober ever since. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. It? Yeah. And he did years. And and to to highlight what he said at Adam's show, he went all I've never I you know the only other person I've seen do that really was uh, believe it or not, Jack Osborne. Okay. And, and he was 17 at the time. And I was like, oh, you know, he goes, like, he, he kept saying, just tell me what to do and I'll do it. And I was like, well, okay, but I'm not sure you'll do it. And he, goes, and he did it. He did everything I told him to do. You know, only recently have I uh, been more liberal uh, about naming you in my story. Mm. Um, and they, 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 to, to color this in, my first time in rehab was 1995. Mm, I didn't I, know that. I was only 20 years old. I had my mom. You were in clown school then or something? No, nah, that was two years before clown school. Oh, I didn't know. It was 1995, 20 years old. And um, I got locked up uh, for drunk driving. Ah. My mom said that she wouldn't bail me out of jail unless I went directly to mm. rehab. Mm. So while I was in this rehab in 1995, one of the counselors said something to the effect of, uh, you know, 95% of alcoholics never achieve long-term sobriety. He said these dismal statistics. Yeah. And I remember thinking like, wow, even if I was really into the idea, I would have like a 5% chance. Like, and I made a conscious, deliberate decision. Screw it. Mm -hmm. Screw it. I've seen that. I've seen it happen a lot. Yeah. Those yeah. statistics. Yes. Yeah. They're kept me loaded for another 13 years. I, I have no doubt. And then when I was in that psychiatric ward and they changed my status to 5250, so I was in the psychiatric ward long enough to kind of come to the, come to realize that it was time. Two weeks. Once those once I made that decision, it was the very same statistics that now motivated were keep you. me sober. Oh, interesting. Because I knew that the that the odds were were very badly against me. I knew only five percent of alcoholics and addicts achieve long long term sobriety or some somewhere in that you know vicinity. And so I knew that if I had if, that if I was going to do this, that I had to give myself every advantage. Mm -hmm. And I went from the psychiatric ward at, at Cedar Sinai Hospital, which doesn't even exist anymore, straight to your hospital, mm -hmm. Las Encinas. Mm -hmm. And when I got to your hospital, mm -hmm. um, you were the, the, the director of the chemical dependency unit, mm -hmm. meaning that you ran the rehab. Mm -hmm. I said to you, I said, I, I, I don't want to waste my time. I said, I know the odds are not in my favor. Mm -hmm. And I, if I'm going to do this, I do not want to waste my time. So I want to give myself every advantage I possibly can. Mm -hmm. And that's why, Drew, I said, however long you recommend that I stay in Las Encinas, this, this rehab, mm. I want to stay significantly longer mm. to give myself a better chance at, at getting this right. I want to be in that 5%. Well, where, where you 
really gave yourself that chance was when you went to the sober living that, for, exactly for what you yeah. said you yeah. said i'd love to hear that yeah. I, I, i'd love to hear that you're so committed yeah. but you said that you did not recommend that i stay in los encinas hospital for more no. than 30 days no, no. you said however after that 30 days i strongly recommend that you go into a, a sober living into a safe structured and, and, environment and usually i won't tell people how long i'm thinking at that point because it, it overwhelms them right but i was thinking in my head minimum one year i never imagined you'd stay two which was like yeah. oh you're gonna do fine because the longer, the more, the better. Right. It's very simple. I've, I've never, ever heard of somebody staying in sober living for too long. There's no, no it's never thing. happened. It's never happened. That's, there's no yeah. such thing. And, yeah. I, and I've also yeah. never heard of anybody who stayed in sober living until they had two years of sobriety not still being sober to this very day. And, and especially after their, their initial treatment. That was like, yeah. that's exceptional. So congratulations. Yeah, yeah, and and, and I, I think even in my book, I, I don't even know if in my book I identified you as the chemical dependency. It's, it's whatever you feel, but it's whatever you're feeling. Yeah, yeah. you know, I've certainly never uh, like in uh, like in in the recovery sort of community world. Yeah. I don't like it doesn't to, mm -hmm. to name you. Yeah, but yeah, like you were you were part of my uh, my journey, and I well, remember the, yeah way back then, um, like you were. Even though you ran the, uh, the the unit, the unit, you wouldn't be my doctor. You said because yeah. I'm your friend, We're too I close, can't yeah. be your doctor. Yeah, yeah. So, so it was uh, the guy Bloom. Blum, yeah. Blum. Dr. Blum did. And uh, Dr. Blum was my doctor. Yeah. And, and and we had this thing like we're friends. It's not a doctor patient thing. But then at some point, and and uh, specifically in 2019, mm. I, I I came to you. Uh, oh yeah to, to get uh, an hiv test yeah 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 because my my um my fiance was just furious with me that i had given somebody a tattoo without wearing gloves yes and i was it made no sense to me i was like all choked up on the tattoo machine like i didn't even get any ink on myself like i it was the tiniest quickest i wrote i, I tattooed yo mama's name <laughs> on a guy's butt cheek like and, and uh she's like oh we can't have, you know we can't have sex without a condom for six months and you gotta go get uh -huh. tested and and so I, I came and uh went to your, your doctor's office yeah yeah and and you you know took my blood um you know, they ran the panel. I asked for two test tubes. Was that that time? Yeah, blood. I remember giving the extra blood. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I mean, can I just get a couple extra test tubes just in case I come up with an idea? Lo <laughs> yeah. um, and behold, he did. <laughs> and, and ever since then, I've identified you as my primary oh. care physician. Well, you remember we had another chapter that way. There, oh, well, yes. yeah. But that was a long, long time ago. It was, but I, but I do get your colonoscopy. I get your colonoscopies and all that yeah. stuff, which I... <laughs> Which I love because I'm thinking, oh, good, he's taking care of himself. That, that's good. all I really care about. Is you're getting. It's great. Maybe it's time to get your PSAs done too. We haven't. I don't think you've done that. Yeah, you know, I've I've got so many questions. Um, are you familiar with this story about Dana White going to a guy who, uh, with like notorious mm. accuracy, like um, predicts how long you're going to live, like uh, with blood work, with whatever. Yeah. I'm not even you're sure. About Gary Brecker. Um. The, not even sure what like yeah what the, there are people that have sort of actuarial sorts of data like that who worked for insurance companies where that was their job wow and they're pretty good at it 
Dana White was told that he had uh, 10 years or less to live. Wow. And just about face, like complete 180, like the, the like the, visually to look at him. He's leaned out quite a bit. I made it, oh my God. If you can yeah. bring up an image of uh, Dana White's before and after. Yeah. So yeah. like he, and, and, and uh, I was at the fights um, in Madison Square Garden. I met this lady. She identified herself as the wife of the, the guy who yeah. did this. Yeah. And I'm dying to get in there. I'm dying to get in there and, and uh, figure out what I can do to, to, to pull increase the, to pull the, the Dana White. Longevity is an interesting area. Um, I, mm, I will give you a book. Is Outlive here? The book Outlive? Peter Atia is your best scientist, and he should, he and he he does increase people's it's in the life. library. You, okay, you have to pay a ton to go get evaluated by them. But I, was it Peter that did it? Was it Peter Atia? Um, maybe Sage. Well, Sage is Sage is the wife. That's yeah. that's Gary Brecka's wife. Okay. Yeah. So so, but Peter Atia is a cancer surgeon who now dedicates his life to longevity. Is Sage working? Yeah, there? we know Sage very well, and. and and we and he wrote a book called Outlive. And if you're really interested in this stuff, it's the best scientific breakdown of this stuff. Is this so the, I'm going to give you that book, my I, version. I, I love it. This is Dana there, White Dana before White. after. Yeah. Yeah. I, like yeah, that, that's on, on the right, and then yeah. that's him on the left now. Yeah. It's insane. Wow. Um, you know what else I've been been uh, really interested in? You said that I should go to an endocrinologist to get my testosterone checked and see if I if I'm a candidate for TRT. I don't know why I told you that, but I, but I, I, or maybe I, you said that that's what Mike Catherwood did. Went to yes, he has he has a very good person for that. Yes, if you, you don't recommend that I go to an endocrinologist, I, I, no, no, you got to go to somebody who specializes in this area, who really kind of knows what they're doing with it. But, but I do know. Yes, we can get you that referral if you want. I, if I didn't have prostate cancer, I'd go on testosterone. Okay, I would. But uh, if I go on testosterone, does that mean that I have to be on it for the rest of my life? No, I mean, but it, but you'll lose the benefits, you know, when you come off, okay. and and you don't want to get more than just going yeah, to yeah. normal, you know, and um, pellet therapy. You may be, but this is a little different than pellet necessarily. But but in any event, it's 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 a complicated area. It's a complicated Steve, field. did you get stem cell? Uh, I did. Okay, so what what did you get? That's what have, Gary Brecca does. Oh, okay. Yeah, Gary, does, I'm getting stem cells in my shoulder next week. I went down to uh, Medellin, Colombia. To get the to fancy to, ones. Yeah. Bioaccelerator. Now, was that through oh, so Jason Ellis? Was that Jason? I student? had it in Costa Rica. It was amazing. Was that Jason Ellis? Did they use the, the placenta? The, um, or, plus, no, they did not placenta, uh, umbilical cord. Umbilical cord, yeah. Yeah. That's um, what they use for me. Yeah, nothing controversial about it. They don't it do it in the United like, States. Uh, they so. only use the umbilical cord of perfectly healthy babies. Yeah. And, and then the alternative is to throw away the umbilical cord. Right, right. So it's not like uh, you know, people think, oh, it's like dead babies, abortion. Like It's not like Did that. it work? Did you like it? I, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know if it worked. You're just in pain all the time? <laughs> it's not that I'm in pain all the time. And it wasn't Jason Ellis who's, who got me there. It was uh, my, my buddy Danny Way, mm. who's the skateboard legend. So it's all the same guys go down to the same. same uh, it's group. all the UFC yeah. writers, yeah, yeah. skateboarders. Um, yeah. You know. So the, the thing about stem cells, so I've learned, is that the guys that are doing the local injections, that harvesting your own stem cells, your own bone marrow, your own fat and stuff. That's what I'm having done, and um, they have pretty good results. But there's no money to fund randomized controlled trials because there's no pharmaceutical company is interested in it. 
Right. So, well, that's the thing is, is it's that, crazy. as I understand it, um, people think that the stem cell uh, issue is 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 one of uh, about abortion and stuff. yeah but, no. but, but it's not that nonsense it, and and the reason that i had to go to columbia to get the stem cell treatment is because it's not legal right. in america and, and again it's not legal in america because there anything there's anything controversial about where the stem cells come from correct what's controversial is that the pharmaceutical the orthopedic like the whole medical complex has no interest in in well, I would argue it was the Bush administration that did no money that. to be made. No, it's worse. It's worse. I, having I, you know, I listen to Rob RFK Jr. now, and I am con I am persuaded that there's too cozy a relationship between all these the government and these regulators and the pharmaceutical sure. agents. And so the fact that they put a kibosh on that has something to do with that cozy thing. There's more money in cutting people up yeah. and, and selling them mm -hmm. drugs. It, it, well, there certainly isn't money in, in being available to do randomized controlled trial and something that they're not going to make money off of. They just won't do it. So, okay. So we've got way, 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 way. Um, <laughs> we've gone all over the place here. Don't we have ads or something? Uh, we, I did it. Oh, we did? We did. Oh. We've been talking yeah. a lot longer Holy than you realize. Shit. Oh, yeah. yeah. I yeah. don't remember. Oh, okay. <laughs> it, 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 just, it just goes Oh, my right God. When, I'm, I'm kind of jet-lagged, okay? I just We flew in late last night. I'm a little off. So you stayed sober. You are you're sober. It's a, a, I've been I've been clean and sober yeah. for more than fifteen and, years, and sexually sober for almost seven years. So you did that. That was a while ago, though. You were way yeah. into that, right? That was right at the I, beginning of your sobriety. I got sober in two thousand and eight, um, and I went to my uh, my. IOP for sexual addiction in 2013. Okay. And uh, evidently that, that was longer than seven years ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So uh, it's a little bit more um, uh, elusive, the sexual. Sobriety. Yeah. It's, it's much like eating disorders and things like that. You right. Know, it's, it's, you have, it's, you have to manage slippery behaviors. Right. Is really what it is. And it's hard. It, and it's so so yeah. worth it man like uh, honestly i like w w with chemical sobriety you know putting down the drugs and alcohol mm -hmm. I, I i really view that as like a bachelor degree type thing and then you move on to you know it, it becomes a like addiction whack-a-mole you know like it pops up in some other area well what i what i call that is recovery versus full recovery like okay. a, like a full recovery is somebody right. that does you know treats the trauma, does sure. the therapy, looks at the sexual stuff, does the interpersonal work. And that takes time. Right. It takes forever to do all that stuff. And and then your sobriety has got to be kicking in alongside <laughs> of it. And that has its right. own arc and changes, right? 15 or 10 and 15, those are big years, I know. Well, let, let's be honest. It, it, it drives me nuts when people say, like, what what can be expected from a certain amount of time yeah. in sobriety. Because, yes. so, like, recovery is like... Uh, it's like fitness, you know, let's say you, you, you become a member of a gym. You've been a member of a gym for five years. There's no, uh, expectation for like where you're going to be at in your fitness five years later. It's yeah. all about how much work you put in yeah. over the course of those five Agreed. years. Agreed. Uh, I, I bring up those milestones though, just because I have noticed people have certain kinds of issues at different stages right. in their thing. Um, but back but, to Peter Atia and Outlive. Okay. okay. Don't let me forget to give you that book. Um, 
he, I was, I was, you talked about longevity and there's a lot of stuff about longevity out there. People taking metformin, people taking testosterone. And, um, and I, and I was sort of bugging him about this stuff. And finally he, he snapped at me and he goes, vigorous exercise, vigorous exercise. That's the only thing reliably will increase longevity. Ugh, Sorry, buddy. <laughs> so <laughs> so uh, the parallel economy has empowered us to care for our health, well-being, as well as longevity. Likewise, for us pet parents who now have a place to go when it comes to keeping the family, dogs, cats, even horses, in the best shape possible. As a dog dad, I'm thrilled to be working with Pet Club 24-7, a company founded by two guys who lost dogs to serious conditions, including cancer. Pet Club 24-7 has an incredible array of products, including a line of supplements for humans, such as the Inforce Plus Corollius Versicolor and Inforce Corollius Versicolor with Reishi. My friend and colleague, Christina Ferrari, a cancer survivor herself, swears by it. When I was diagnosed, the doctor in the emergency room told me, you have two years to live. Oh, boy. Along with the stem cell, I took these. I have been in remission for eight years now. For dogs, mush puppy treats are a fan favorite. Rex, you want to, oh, boy. Oh, he came right. Oh, there he is. <laughs> they are also made with the Coriolis Versicolor Mushroom, which supports their immune system, according to hundreds of clinical studies. Here's Kristen Ludlow, National Vice President. That strain does matter. We do have the most potent strain, and we also extract it in a proprietary way. And that's why we've been having such wonderful experiences with these products. Mush puppies are made here in the U.S. There are no fillers. It's non-addicting. Your dog can't accidentally overdose. Go to drdrew.com slash petclub247 for a discount off the list price. That is drdrew.com. P-E-T-C-L-U-B-247, Pet Club 247. And so it because- and dogs. And dogs will help. <laughs> dogs will help. But, but, but we have to maintain our muscle mass. We have to also manage our diet a little bit because you'll usually do that when you're working out the way Dana White did. Um, but you have to, you're, you will lose muscle mass as you age. And that's a really critical piece of living a long time. Okay. So that's a thing. And you, I want you to read the book. He gets into all the details and stuff. And then, of course, medical screening, colonoscopies regularly, PSA regularly, managing your cholesterol, blood pressure, all that kind of stuff. So it's all very, very, very important in terms of optimizing longevity. And then, you know, Charlie Munger, who just died, kept saying, you know, he kept saying, you know, my biggest risk is, is fall. And he's right. That was the most, highest probability of somebody his age dying is from a fall. Wow. And so. And, and his partner, Warren Buffett, said, break a sweat every day. Oh, is that right? Yeah. That's, he's right. He's absolutely right. correct That's about that. That's vigorous exercise. Yeah, there it is. Do something that causes you to sweat every single day. Now, whether we will come up with, uh, there's, some, there's something called rapamycin that's been advocated. There's a lot of things that have been advocated. I take something called nicotinamide riboside, NR. I think that is a, th I think that's a real thing. Uh, it, I, I've talked to the chemists that develop it. It, it, it goes at the oxidative state of our mitochondria which is sort of tied into aging i don't know if if there's one thing if you had to point out one thing other than maintaining my blood pressure and watching my lipids and all that stuff and making sure my prostate cancer is properly treated that's the one thing i think i'm doing that working I do out a lot of with others. v shred when i work out right i work out every day with v shred i do that but uh, i've been on this nr stuff for a long time and, and whenever somebody says hey you look younger than your age i always think i wonder i wonder if that's it so anyway uh yeah, V shred. Uh, I've I've lost sixteen pounds. I, I'm I'm due to so. lose some some weight. You do. <laughs> I'm due to lose some weight. Uh, I mean that's the thing is that with uh, you know chemical sobriety and then the the, the sexual acting out. Yeah. The, you know, um, 
the amount of time and energy that goes into staying loaded is a lot, mm. but you know, like the amount of time and energy that goes into to acting out sexually, it, it's an incredible time suck. And mm. then on top of that, the amount of of stress and shame mm. and guilt mm. that just piles up. It, uh, I mean, it, it's. Was and, it and, and I really recognized that that it was it was it was it was it expensive, was it expensive financially asking, too? Yeah. It can be. It sure can be when people get into that sexual addiction. Yeah, I wasn't like of the you know the paying for sex yeah. variety. So oh, I thought yeah, you, I is, thought which you were, is I thought unusual. you were talking about substance addiction. I didn't really. Yeah, <laughs> I thought you were talking about substance addiction. I was thinking oh, about the oh, cost oh. of that being expensive. Oh. Was was drug? Oh, you can't hear him. He's yeah. asking: is the, is was drug addiction expensive? Oh, sure. Yeah, <laughs> you had lots of nitrous, man. You had lots <laughs> of nitrous, and I wasn't aware that's what you were doing. I thought yeah. it was all alcohol and stimulants, and uh, yeah, no, I, I nitrous did. will make you crazy. Which yeah, is, I was, which I was is, a real trash can. Yeah. Um, the uh, so, so like you know, I, as I approached forty years old, mm. I thought you know, man, um, it, it's scary the idea of becoming an aging attention whore, you know, and um, <laughs> and and the like, just the to be happy later. It just I felt like I was really not. This is not it, you know. This is not a good look. It's not the way I'm going to be happy. I, I I subscribed to the idea, and this probably plays into longevity in a big way. Mm -hmm. That learning how to be in a healthy relationship, finding a life partner, a solid, healthy relationship. Absolutely. And are you guys married yet? Not yet. I wear an engagement ring. Is that happening soon? Yeah, we we bought our property, and uh, that's been our thing. We want to open up an animal sanctuary. Yes, you've been talking about that for a long time. Been waiting to get and get married on that. We we bought it. We got a big big ranch in tennessee now tennessee is it near nashville or anything okay. Some, somewhat near nashville so if we travel if we come is it going to be a public wedding can we go can we um it's not a public wedding i mean but, i mean friends invited. friends we <laughs> yeah. gotta go we get to tennessee we love tennessee our, oh, son, love our son went to vanderbilt and so we we've gone there a lot epic so so yeah i um you know i mean i uh, subscribed to the idea that i needed to you know be able to have a, a healthy relationship yeah. Yeah. And i think that most people's problem they think that they're looking for the right person when in reality it's about becoming the right person mm -hmm. that was my mantra is that i was going to do the work to become the man that the love of my life deserves mm. and it, it took a long time to do that but you you but it's also picking the right person and you did i know you were very enough yeah. in the beginning yeah. And, uh, but then become the person that's worthy of that. It's, For sure. It, that's a really good way to look at these yeah, things. Yeah, well, I, I'd, I'd become the person preemptively. Otherwise, meeting the right person would have been useless. That, so, so had you made a lot of progress before? Yeah, you yeah. Met, okay, okay. That's why when I got out of the IOP and they said that it was recommended to do a period of celibacy. Which you did for a while. Yeah, for, dude. They said like 30 to 90 days. Yeah. I did 431 days. Wow, good for I you, I did man. not blow a load for the entire year of 2014. Did God take care of it for you at any point? <laughs> you know, like in my in my dreams, yeah. I would be like about to have a wet dream and I would be like, oh, I can't lose my time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm too guilty. I'm too guilty. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and so like, I think that that's the most freeing thing for me mm. that 
like I, that, I, it frees up my time. It, I'm free from from the the stress of mm. like what 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 health concerns do I do I have now? Mm. You know, like like what what jeopardy have I put somebody in? Like, so what, I better go you know, hang what, off a helicopter and yeah, do all that shit now. Right. <laughs> since, since I've got my other health together, I yeah. need a bucket list tour. It, it's it's uh, it's incredible how uh like when when you don't waste your time and and when you channel your energy deliberately into yeah. accomplishing your goals so if somebody's asking did you get aggressive you get in fights uh during my yeah. oh my god not not in fights <laughs> but i was irritable unbelievably irritable i would throw the craziest temper tantrums on uh like people for talking in comedy clubs <laughs> while, while I was performing, or people for videoing the show with their cell phone god i would snap and, and that hasn't even improved that much <laughs> if i'm honest man i'm too much of an attention whore for people to disrupt my show and just be cool about it all right so let's talk about where you're at and where people can find you and what they'll what they'll see in the bucket list the bucket list is actually a a, a a love story about mm -hmm. my relationship with my girl. Mm -hmm. The items on my bucket list. I mean, well, by the way, you open with that. The, the right. bucket list. Giving, giving her the, yeah. the roses. Well, you yeah. almost kill yourself getting roses to her. <laughs> right. I, when I say almost kill yourself, almost kills himself like multiple times to yeah. get her these roses. Yeah, and yeah. I, I watch that shit. I just can't. I have to. Oh my God! I can't watch you doing that I, stuff. It, it's it's uh, it, it there works. There she is. There's you and Lexi right yeah. before your surgery, which was two yeah, days ago. Two days yeah. ago, yeah. Um, so uh, it, the, the the bucket list is a multimedia comedy special where it's very high quality, super high quality. My, my, my Lux, my girl, is the the production designer. She came up well, with the ideas for all the TV sets. Okay, in the so so let me let me do, gush a little bit. The the stunts that are not on stage are cinematic i mean like tom cruise cinematic uh and then when you go into the audience and proscenium that's fun as hell that's a very cool environment it, it's a lot it's, of tv sets a lot of it just feels like you frankly it's it, it's, yeah. it's yeah. uh it's the culmination of all of of my my work in every area mm. and and i'm I'm just so thrilled with it the stunts on my bucket list were things that for the most part i would never have been allowed to do for jackass like epidural sprints right you know like stolen general anesthesia being administered while i'm riding a bicycle oh that was the other one you called me about yeah <laughs> oh. um, ejaculating simultaneously while falling out of an airplane <laughs> as is the custom as people often do <laughs> right um so the 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 there are vignettes uh. like this like stunt videos which pay uh. off each bit and as the show unfolds the bucket list items uh happen in descending order of my fiance's approval and support <laughs> so in in the beginning she's front and center <laughs> making it happen you know yeah. like she's in, in the bus when in, you fall in, out of the helicopter in, involved yeah. like participating then 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 she uh shows up begrudgingly then she stops showing up entirely. <laughs> then she's nowhere near and has serious problems with with what's happening. And then we're navigating like dire conflict. And we oh, did you guys start fighting about it? Well, yeah. Oh wow. Yeah, and and, and we emerged stronger than ever. And, and can you? Sounds can like you, Drew and me after thirty years. 
Am I doing stuff that you have to? We we fight about different. Caleb's laughing at us. I don't want to ejaculate flying out of an airplane without. Yeah, that, that was the toughest one for, for my lady because uh, because I had not no, like, I was I was jacking off with another man strapped to my back in uh, an airplane full of dudes. Oh uh, yeah. Which which required uh, some some help. Now I swore. Right, a couple of dudes had to give you oral sex. What you're saying? <laughs> no, but uh, <laughs> as part of my um, my recovery, like like I stopped watching pornography no i remember that i think that is just super destructive like Mm. i recognize for me i mean i know like each addict will define their sobriety as it relates to sex addiction but uh for me like for me pornography is yellow light behavior but i just don't go there yeah and and it it, god knows what it's doing to young people and things oh my god no idea and and like my philosophically to to and I just can't be channeling my energy away from my relationship. It's mm. destructive. Well, that's it's. I'm. I, I. I suspect you learned that in in the treatment, which the the sort of construct is, if you any anything that diverts you from the primary relationship diminishes the intimacy sure. of the primary relationship. For sure. And I mean, like like one partner. Like every time you turn on to some porn site, mm. it's like a different person. It's like mm. a different experience. Like. Like uh, it, it's tough for for one partner to compete with that, mm-hmm. and and uh, you know not only are you diverting the energy from your relationship and diminishing the the connection mm-hmm. in your relationship, but you you find like that you're just almost you lose interest. Did you um, have an intimacy disorder in, in some sense? I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. Because a sex addiction often often causes that, you know, yeah. any, any addictive stuff. You know, what's always amazed me though is, you know, in the first step, there's a whole big sexual inventory, right? Right. I'm always amazed nobody does that properly. They never in the first step of SAA. No, of of uh, <coughs> yeah, you're talking drug about recovery. Step. No, the there's a sec- mostly in a, they'll usually give you an inventory in the first step. Well, we at least in our workbooks, oh, we wow. always have. And the fourth step is where you come to, you know, you really come to terms with right. it. But I'm always amazed how people just say, pip, 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 and then to see here, you know, it's it's hard for them. It's wow, hard. that's interesting. I've never yeah. heard about a sex inventory in step one of. Uh, well, usually, just to sort of get people thinking about it, you know, right. you get kind of kind of, oh look, there's something going on here too, maybe. Hmm. I mean, for for me, like when taking somebody through a step one, like yeah. a, a writing assignment, it's a, uh, you know, a, a powerlessness list mm. and then an unmanageability list. Mm. And so for the powerlessness list, like, like I ask for the, the most comprehensive list of promises that, that the person made to themselves with respect to their drinking and using mm-hmm. that they went on to break mm-hmm. and that these should not be just purely uh, directly related, but indirectly related as well. Yeah. So like, you know, like how yeah. oh, I promised myself I would never uh, snort cocaine. I promised myself I'd never shoot up. Yeah, that's direct. But then, you know, I promised myself I would never like steal from my mom. Mm-hmm. I, you know, like cheat on my girl. So I see where, where that could get into sex. Yes, yes, exactly. It, it's it's and people just aren't really even aware of it. They just don't they don't think about it because that they kind of I, I think sometimes early in recovery people save certain outlets. <laughs> they save things for, you know, they they don't realize that's what they're doing. Uh, yeah. Bob Forrest developed a gambling problem early in his not even early in his recovery, like later in his recovery. Wow. Yeah. And How's just, Bob doing? 
I've been trying to reach him for like six months or four months. He hasn't called me back, so I, I think he's okay. I've heard no news is good news with Bob. Yeah, I've heard secondarily he's doing okay. But right. uh, we should both reach out to him. It's been too long. Well, listen, uh, we could talk all day. Susan, anything you want to ask Steve about? Anything? It's been a while since we've had a chance to chat, and so we have lots to talk How's about. How's Wendy? She's so great. The dog. I mean, like, it just breaks my heart. This is the dog that I found in the streets of Peru. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's crazy. More than six years ago. Well, Rex is under there. He's enjoying the show under your feet. Yeah. So. Um, let, let me ask you quickly mm. with, with uh, my, my knee. Oh, um, yeah. I had a, a meniscus repair. Partially torn meniscus. Yeah. I was told that um, that this, the surgery was elective, that mm -hmm. I could. They said some people will just go to physical therapy. Yep. Other people will, will do the surgery to clean up. Yes. The, to, to clean. Were, were you getting a lot of clicking, a lot of sticking? Not, not, not a lot of clicking, but um, he said that we'll go in and clean it up. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's effectively a minimally invasive yes. surgery, yeah. arthroscopic. Yeah, yeah, but it's, but it's not a big one. It's just, it's just going in and scraping. Yeah, he said I'll only be on crutches for two days. Yeah. And then... Uh, I can see it's not very swollen either. It's yeah, looking pretty good. Six weeks mm -hmm. of uh, physical therapy, and then I'm back full force. Yep. My question for you is... Am I actually going to be back full force? Will I be able to like skateboard aggressively? Yes. That's a qualified yes. Don't quote okay. me on this. It depends how your physical therapy goes. Okay. So if you wear a knee brace, maybe. So is, or is, a pad. Is, so I guess the, the, the operative question is, does the meniscus get rebuilt through physical therapy? I'm guessing it wasn't a through and through tear. It wasn't, but right. but but the dog. What I remember in my propofol haze yes. uh, after the surgery was um, the doctor said that that uh, the the torn piece of the meniscus had yeah. been folded under. Yeah, so there's, there's usually little pieces that flip up and things yeah. and cause irritation. So you, getting that off will make things a lot better. Right. Lot so better. I so I did well to get the yes surgery. yes for sure. It would have been bothering you forever otherwise. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and it, did it, it swell up sometimes too? It not not swell up, but but what what distinctly happened was uh, some some days I was like just debilitated by mm. it, you know, like limping, hobbling, mm -hmm. and other days I felt like, oh wow, it's better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, you shouldn't have days like that anymore. The bad ones. Good. You may not be perfect, but you won't have that. Kind of you know, the, the thing is that there was no stunt or like, like that, that caused it. Moment. This is just old man shit. It's old man shit, but there probably was something you just didn't well, notice. You know, what, well, you know I, yeah. I, I didn't, uh, on the ranch in Tennessee. Mm. You a, have the ranch. Yeah, you got yeah. it. Oh my God. Yeah. There's a, there's a dirt trail that goes around the ranch yeah. and, and it's got like inclines and up and yeah. I bought a mountain bike to go ride around it. And, and I was, uh, right. I was on an up, you know, an, an uphill piece and just determined, like, I'm not going to get off the bike and walk it. Like, come hell or high water, I'm going to dig and, and fight and, and ride up the... And I was just pushing way too hard to go. get up that hill. That might have been think, it. I think that's when it was. You know, Catherine lives in a ranch now in Austin. In Texas. Yeah, you should talk to him about the experience. It's yeah. great. Yeah, so. I love it, man. Like, I, I'm not ready to live there. Like, it's not like a tax move at this point. There's no way that I want to do six six months in one day in Tennessee, like I gotta live in LA, but I want to set it up gradually, 
and and to be there to pull the ripcord. Will somebody else run it? Um, we already we already have uh, somebody taking care of uh, oh, our good. pig. <laughs> Just a pig. I, you talked about we, it originally. We, you were going to raise dogs or something. We, we inherited yeah. a pig and a cat, and yeah. and the whole idea is we want to have like a full animal sanctuary. Just all kinds of animals. Yeah, our, okay. our, all kinds of farm animals. Why did I get the impression there was a lot of dogs in your head? Um, it, our home in the Hollywood Hills is an animal sanctuary starter kit. <laughs> okay. We've got, we've got, uh, we went from four dogs down to two. We nice. lost two dogs to old mm. age. Mm. Uh, we still have three cats, three goats. Oh, goats. We have a, like, we have, we have a little barn. Does the city know it. you have goats? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Rex thinks it's funny. We, we've had high. goats since, uh, 2019. Fantastic. Our, our, our little three goats. Um, so yeah, we, we, we love animals. It's our whole deal. Yeah. Good. Well, listen, great to see you. Thank you for coming in. I appreciate yeah, you being you. here. Now, please, everybody, go see the bucket list. Go get to stevo.com right now. Get that bucket list. There it is. Uh, it's worth your time, and it's worth supporting Steve-O and his, um, his bucket list experience. Well, thank you. And, it's, um, it's, it's, it's genuinely the greatest, craziest shit I've ever made it, in my it, life. It, I, I really I wanted to show the opening sequence because if you – if you watch just the opening sequence, you'll be all the way in. You you can't you can't not keep going. Yeah. And then it transitions so beautifully into the theater thing. So it's just like, uh, oh yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Um, we're we're long overdue to have you on on the hit Wild Ride with Steve O podcast. Yes. All right, I'm in. I would I would love that. And right. uh, as you know, we, we we can bring the studio straight to you. All yeah. Right, we'll do that again. It's been a all minute. All right. Hey, I love Is you Scott guys. still with you? Yes. Yep. Fantastic. Yeah. All right. We love Steve O. Susan, anything? Oh, that's it. All right. Uh, Caleb, on your standpoint, let's go look up the, the throw up the schedule there for what's coming. We have Tom Renz, I believe, on Monday. Is that right? Uh, or the fourth, which is Monday. Nicole and Jemmy, who you're going to love. Um, and uh, Dr. Victory comes back with Ed Dowd. We're not going to do anything from Las Vegas this week. Is that? Yeah. Oh, yeah, we are. Yeah. So we have some. That's Monday and Tuesday. Oh, careful, Steve-O, don't oh, fall. Oh, those two shows are from Las Vegas. <laughs> he, Steve's leaving us. He's going to trip down the stairs. Are you running out? Yeah, Monday and Tuesday. We do it from V-Shred headquarters I in Las see. Vegas. Okay, we're doing that. And then we're are we back on Wednesday? It looks like we are. He's uh, trying to get Georgina to wake up. She's just laying like a dead yeah, potato. <laughs> <laughs> Georgina. You, can we put her in your... She has Cushing's. She has can, Cushing's. We, can she go in your sanctuary? <laughs> But yeah, we, we, we inherited her from my mom and she was terribly obese when my mom died and we got her sort of leaned up to this and we were like, what's going on? They went, we think she's got Cushing's, which what's I guess. Rex? <laughs> so Drew, them. I want you to help make sure Steve doesn't fall down the stairs. All right. All right. Let me, let me go. So I'm, I'm going to sign out. See everyone. Uh, where are we? What day is today? I have no idea where we are. Today's Friday. We'll see you so we'll Monday. See you on Monday at three o'clock uh, from Las Vegas. Ta-ta. Ask Dr. Drew is produced by Caleb Nation and Susan Pinsky. As a reminder, the discussions here are not a substitute for medical care, diagnosis, or treatment. This show is intended for educational and informational purposes only. I am a licensed physician, but I am not a replacement for your personal doctor, and I am not practicing medicine here. Always remember that our understanding of medicine and science is constantly evolving. Though my opinion is based on the information that is available to me today, some of the contents of this show could be outdated in the future. Be sure to check with trusted resources in case any of the information has been updated since this was published. If you or someone you know is in immediate danger, don't call me, call 911. 
If you're feeling hopeless or suicidal, call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 800-273-8255. You can find more of my recommended organizations and helpful resources at drdrew.com help. 